Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hive Mind After Hours podcast, our first episode of 2023. We have special guest Garden joining us today. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for joining us, as always. Justin, Derek, and Jacob joining again, as per usual. Uh, our first uh, interview for 2023. We have a handful of questions lined up, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, how are we all feeling tonight? Feeling good. Feeling uh, optimistic today. Oh, although it's a Monday, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. Today. <laughs> you know, it's it's Monday, but this is like the first day this year that like the weather is actually like perfect enough where I feel comfortable having my blinds open and letting the natural light in instead of receding back into my my hermit cave. <laughs> Felt that, dude. It was so yeah. hot and humid here today. I didn't want anything to do with outside. It was like 88 and 65 percent humidity or something like that i hate we are in virginia it's yeah. horrible here mm. the heat here it's is so close. bad yeah i hear it's I, uh, like in north carolina and whatnot I, yeah i'm i'm in north carolina so <laughs> yeah uh it's it's 77 here but it it feels pretty pretty humid I'm typing in all these conversions right now and trying to <laughs> convert it to Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll order it. it. It's uh, it's 25 here today. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it feels like it's like 28, 29 ish though, just because of the humidity. Mm-hmm. But it's are not... you converting that in your head? Do you know how to convert it in your head? Dumb. Or are you googling it? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm converting it in my head. I know. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the tech. Ask me in a million years to do that. I could never. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I, um, there. I grew up in upstate New York, like outside of Buffalo. So I, I'd like to consider myself an honorary Canadian in, in a way. <laughs> we rag on him all the time, on Jacob, for being Canadian all the time. I have to change <laughs> our views on Canada. Oh, no. Canada's cool. Uh, y'all have funny money, and I like I like your funny money. <laughs> Yo, we're getting new money because the king now. So, Dude, the ten dollar bill. You guys just got the new ten recently too, yeah? I have no idea. <laughs> it's um, I feel like I have one somewhere. Maybe not up here, but um, yeah, I know the the new ten looks fucking cool. Like the layout of it's super different from all the other bills. Hmm. Oh yeah, it's like vertical, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is sick. I just looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Maybe maybe right. Canada is cool after all. All right. Hold on. And, and it's yeah. plastic. It's not paper. It's plastic. What? Yeah. Oh, you guys are finally training with Monopoly money. I'm so proud. Of <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Got the loonies and toonies too. <laughs> Derek, you were saying Canada is cool after all. I mean, temperature wise, isn't Canada just like always cool? Man, all right. Look, look. <laughs> you walked into that. I had to. Semantic, semantic. I had to. Dude, this money is sick. First, I had to get rid of the enchiladas, and I got to get rid of the Canada money. I'm getting jealous. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, just a little bit of stuff to get out of the way before we get into this, really. Uh, be sure to follow on social media. Uh, Garden, do you have any social media you want to promote, first and foremost? Um, I started using TikTok a little more. I I just make dumb skits. Um, but my, my at on there is Astral Agenda, and then... Same at on Twitter, and then ats on like every other platform is just Garden or Garden Music. So, yeah. And you can follow us at the Hive Mind at Hive Mind Radio underscore on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Hive Mind Radio on YouTube, Hive Mind Recap Podcast on Spotify. Check us out anywhere. Help us get to a uh, hundred subscribers and beyond on YouTube. That would be awesome. 
And yeah, uh, Derek and Jacob, I'll let you guys get this started with uh, the first question, since I know you guys have more of the backstory and longevity with uh, listening to Garden. So the floor is yours. I get to take full credit for his garden addiction. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> that. <a> <laughs> it took a while. I, ha I had to get him in there. Yeah, well, he Garden was our both of our most listened to artists, right? For last year and the year before. Yep. Well, not not the year before. Oh, uh, it was just me for the year before. Yeah, I had to get that when we had these icons made. I got the alien on my hoodie. I had to get it all set up. It's so sick. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just noticed that. That's super cool. So we had a very kind of collective question here, um, mm -hmm. because you've got you know obviously the line um, off creatures where it's like you know I don't sell features. Don't ask about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> for you what's the process like working with features you know do you write your own part do the artists kind of write the part for you and give it to you you know and then specifically with a kind of a bigger label artist like against the current um on again and again what was the process like for that feature yeah so um for i'll, I'll start with the the again and again feature so um, this was towards the latter of my, I, I was on a label before, uh, called photo finish records. Um, I, I'm, I'm independent now, but when I was with them, um, they would kind of pitch me to other artists or if, uh, my name came up in conversation, they would, they would be like, Hey, like this artist would like to work with you or so-and-so. So, um, with the against the current feature, I'm not sure who exactly it brought me up, but they were looking to have more of like a like an emo artist do a feature on that song and my name had come up when they were in the studio so they had sent me i don't know if it was directly them or if it was somebody that was representing them but i i got word that they wanted a feature and they had sent me the file for it and when they sent me the file i was actually doing it wasn't technically a studio session but i got an airbnb in michigan with my friend chris uh from hot mulligan and we were hanging out, um, just like making music and shooting the shit and just having a good time. Um, got that uh, that open sent to me. And then as soon as I got home, like that week, I was like, all right, I got to I got to really crack down and, and record this and just shoot it back. Um, so that it, it came somewhat organically, um, as as do like a lot of a lot of features or collaborations that I do. Mm -hmm. Um but for the most part, it'll it'll usually just be friends that are like, hey, like I have this song that I think you would sound really cool on. Um, I'll shoot you the open if you if you fuck with it. Like, let me know, um, and then we'll we'll go from there. But um, as far as me having artists feature on my songs, it's it's kind of the same process. Uh, a lot of the time, if I have a song that has an open, I I always try really hard to be the only artist in my songs. But sometimes writing a second verse is like hell for me. Um, just because I, I don't want to like overplay it or like overdo it or overcomplicate the, the process of making something new. So if it starts to feel forced at any point, I'll go, okay, mm. like maybe maybe I hand it off to, to somebody else like who would fit this well. And I'll I'll have the same song loop for like 20, 30 minutes until it like hits me and I'm like, oh, I got an idea and I'll I'll send it to a mm. friend or two and see where it goes from there. But um, for the most part, uh, features are it's it's a pretty organic process um I've, I've never really sold a feature i i just feel like it it feels disingenuine and like inauthentic for me to 
to sell a feature. I'm not ragging on anybody that does that. Just for for me and my process, I feel like it it doesn't come off as authentic, and I I don't want it to uh, to to come off weird or anything. So yeah, but yeah, that's how that usually goes. It makes a so, lot of sense. Do you like? Would for like for example like the against the current so you you wrote that then that yeah that's that's cool <laughs> yeah thank you so uh something that I haven't been I mean I'm I'm like pretty open with it when it comes up but something that I haven't been really like outward about uh with people is like I I record everything from home but I also just use a blue yeti to record all of my music mm. so every everything that you've heard apart from I think I have like one or two songs in my in my discography that I used uh, an SM7B for. Um, everything else is recorded with a Blue Yeti, though. Hmm. It's so I used weird. to ha- I used to have a Blue Yeti, uh, mm-hmm. but I was also in the middle of an open room with my entire family at that time, and it sounded <laughs> awful. So, yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's the frame of mind I have with a Blue Yeti in my head. So knowing that you record all your songs with a Blue Yeti, I'm right? Like, Damn, maybe I was missing something. Yeah, I mean, when when I had first started doing vocals, um, like the price point, I mean, it's still like fairly priced, I would say, but the price point for a Blue Yeti was like eighty nine, like ninety bucks. Um, I think it's like one ten, one twenty now at, at Best Buy. But I was just like, oh, like I I need a mic if I want to do this. Like I can't just use like a headset; it's just not going to sound as good. Um, and I Blue Yeti was like the first mic that I had to really record vocals on, and I kind of just figured out how to EQ it well enough to where it sounded good to my liking. Um, and I've just kind of rolled with that from the start. So, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. Exactly. That's rules. Rules to uh to live by for sure. Yeah, all the vocals sound way better than what they should sound like in my perception of a Blue Yeti. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna... yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. It's definitely all in the mix. But yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. I guess sort of on the same subject with the features. Um either like on your own music or if you could feature for another artist, what would be your dream feature with like somebody that you haven't worked with yet? Ooh, okay. So if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, I I used to be obsessed with the idea of doing a song with Black Bear. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I'm uh I'm an avid Black Bear listener. Uh Absolutely. Been a fan yeah, as you for, should be. Yeah, for years. Um but now I don't know. Um, there's, there's like a lot of artists that I listen to that I'll just find through, through like playlists on Spotify or like my discover weekly, um, that I really like. One of them is, uh, this guy named Finn with two N's. Um, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like indie rock, indie pop. I also really like, uh, Joe Van. He, um, that's his solo project name, but, um, he's also the front man for a band called from Indian Lakes. Um, I really like them. It would oh, be cool yeah. to do a song with him. Ooh, yeah. Project. Um, I'm trying to think like outside of that realm, what uh, what would be cool? There's definitely a lot of people that I've been like, oh, in passing, like this would be really sick. Um, damn. Give me, give me two seconds. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I oh, know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I've listened to on my phone on on uh spotify that i could pull up and be like yeah that that would be cool um i mean um i don't know how to properly pronounce it and i don't want to get anything for this but uh imogen heap or imogen heap 
I have I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. I have no idea. I was um, Imogen. I, Imogen. Yeah, I think it's Imogen Heap. Um, huge fan of her. We share the same birthday too, which is cool. So I Ooh. feel like that's just destined to be exactly. Um, but love to make a song with her. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of all over the place. I I feel like a lot of the stuff that I make kind of taps into different genres. So I mm. I I could I could potentially make songs with people from all sorts of different genres but as far as like my my main like ooh, this would be cool it's it's probably those people as a star-studded list i fuck with that heavily <laughs> i would love to see all those Honestly. i appreciate that i think i know this is really out of the box but i think a jpeg mafia song would be crazy i've been Wait. really hooked on uh jpeg mafia's project with danny brown scaring the hose volume one <laughs> you are <awesome. laughs> Onto something. All of, oh, I would have never. To be honest, I would have never thought about any of these. But now that I know that, like, they're within the realm of possibility, I want them so bad. <laughs> like, oh, That's how I feel about like every every time I'm like, oh, this would be cool. I like try to imagine in my head how it would sound, and I'm like, yeah, I could probably like adapt to this kind of sound and style, and like try to make it work. Um, for example, like I a couple months back, I'm not sure when it's coming out. Um, but I, I made a song with this artist called Cyber. Uh, they used to go by Syringe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're so like vastly different from mine. Um, but we made this like it almost has like a funk element to it. Um, but this really oh. cool hip hop song. Uh, <laughs> and that'll hopefully be out within like the next month or two. But um yeah, I don't know. I think I think music for me is like I I like to try to adapt to different sounds and styles, and I I feel like I could maybe potentially, if the opportunity's there, I could work with with anybody. So, yeah. So, kind of building off the uh, similar to the features question, I guess. Um, do you find? like a beat you like first or do you write lyrics or do you like have a general idea of like what you want to write about first or what's the order of or the process basically of that so it's it's usually a mixed bag sometimes it's really up in the air um lately like within the last maybe six months to a year uh, my process has been primarily uh, like sourcing a beat, kind of like finding a style that I'm like really keen to. Um, pulling that beat into FL Studio, I'll I'll listen to it on loop here and there, and then I go, okay, let me let me plug the mic in, and I I do this thing called the Kanye method where I'll hit record and I'll record like anywhere between like five to ten takes where I'm like mumbling or like just speaking gibberish, and I usually find a melody that way. Um, and then I'll cut into each of those takes until it forms like a melody and a structure that I really fuck with. And then from there, I usually write my lyrics. Um, but sometimes if I'm feeling really uh, like strong about writing and something that I'm working on beforehand feels right, I'll try to piece that to a melody instead. So mm. it's it, it's kind of vice versa. But uh, for the most part, I usually find the melody through just like humming or mumbling or whatever and then i'll write to that and then just kind of go from there so is that why you have so many like dot 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 uh your songs oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um i think i'm trying to think 
because it might even be before I put out Cliff Note, but Cliff Note's one of the one songs that sticks out to me where I I hit that little la da 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 thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my newer stuff, I I've been obsessed with the idea of tucking this like really like wet reverbed uh, vocal behind my main vocals. Um, so like like an example off of like uh, Creatures Together for Impossible, I have this like mm-hmm. la da 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 da, and I put a bunch mm-hmm. of reverb on it and like tucked it in the back so it has like a like a counter melody effect to it. Um, but yeah, like a lot of a lot of the time I'll do that. And that'll kind of like get me going with, okay, yeah, like I have this structure built behind the beat um, that almost feels like it adds to the beat and then I can write to that. Um, so sometimes even that'll come before I figure out an actual like main vocal melody. Um, but yeah, it just, it depends on the song. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the time it'll be like main vocal melody and then I'll kind of tuck some of those la da da melodies behind there. Um, and then it kind of comes, comes together full circle. Do any of those like first like five to ten just like rough takes when you're idea crafting a song ever make it into the end product? Yes. Yeah, so before I really did that method of recording, um, I I would write, I'd listen to a beat and I'd kind of like hum it to myself instead of recording, and I'd write off of that. Um, I've just found it easier to record those like little rough like me humming because uh, it's it's easier as like a reference point to write to. Um, but back before I did that, I wouldn't record those. I would just kind of hum them in my head or like hum them out loud quietly and and write and like kind of see where it goes. Uh, one of the songs that I I did all the main vocals in one take uh, was Snowflakes. So when I when I was writing it, I have a line in there where I go, "I did this shit all in one take." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, "Okay, like this is the one chance you get. Do not fuck <laughs> this up." So the main <laughs> vocal is is one take, and it's the first take that I had recorded for that. Um, all the like background melodies and stuff took a couple takes, but I, I feel like the lyrics are still true if it's the main, the main vocal. So, um, but yeah, I, a lot of the time that that won't happen. A lot of like the, the humming and stuff will kind of just be like a placeholder until I can this figure out. like a guidance it. kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, That's cool with the Latatados though. I feel like I ne- Oh. I always wondered what the story was behind them, and now it makes a lot of sense. Oh, my bad. Yeah, sorry. I moved out to the country a while ago, and it took us like three months to get me internet, and then now it's still kind of shit. So oh, <laughs> if I cut oh, out at all, blame Comcast. Cool. <laughs> so what did you say? Oh, oh, I was just saying that I, <laughs> I didn't realize it cut out that bad. Um, that I always wondered what the story behind those latatadas was and like why they were in there. Because I always love them. I feel like they're really unique touch that i don't hear really anybody else doing it's so genuine yeah i (laughs) appreciate that (laughs) so i guess going off of um talking about impossible and creatures together um i had a couple questions about that album actually um Mm -hmm. and i guess as kind of the the bigger concept of the two that I know you put like a lot of thought and effort into the album before, like in leading up to its release and kind of documented that, um, which felt very cool to see because it was very personal in the album process. Um, but I know that part of that was the decision to cut uh, Tall Grass and Mortified and move for a reason down the track list. I think it's like track four or five before something like that when it got, mm. you know, an Instagram post came out. Um, and I kind of want to know like what, 
led you to make those changes and cuts in particular? Like what was the reasoning for that final decision? Yeah. So um, initially when I was working on uh, tall grass, I, I had like made this like really weird wonky beat. I think somebody had like screen recorded a live where I was showing the beat. So it's, it's somewhere on YouTube. Um, the beat like came together fully and I felt like really good about the beat. I wrote like eight bars. And then after that, I just like blanked like really, mm. really hard. And that, I think like that song, I, I felt so good about that song at first. And then I would try to come back to it every now and then. And I like felt really out of it. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. And then I just like go to a different project file for the album and go, yeah, like start blanking. And it, it like kind of took me out of the, the spot that I was in mentally for that album. And I was like, maybe I should like come back to this later on. So by the time I had finished more of the tracks of the album, I was like, all right, come back to this. Like I'm feeling strong about it. Like, let's just get back into the groove and it like it still didn't feel natural so i was like okay like i'll i'll put this one in the back seat for now and and maybe maybe take it off the project and, and come back to it and and see how things go and i've i've come back to it since and i i've added like one maybe two lines to it it's it's still one of those songs that i'm like fuck how am i gonna put this together right but um for that 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 that's how that one went um for for a reason I, I actually had two tracks titled for a reason and was like, mm. okay, which one of these makes more sense? So the one that ended up being on the album felt more so like an interlude, like this weird, almost like a conversation with self type song. Um, the initial mm -hmm. one that I was going to go with um, was produced by Forever who does like, it, okay, it sounded yeah. very much so like a, like a 93 feet of smoke type beat um was very like emo had like a punk element to it um but it didn't like i felt like it didn't sit anywhere right in the track list mm. um so when i i that song's like damn near done all the writing's done for it um i recorded like three-fourths of it and i was like okay let me see how it sounds with everything around it and i was like ah like it still feels like a little out there compared to the rest of the track list um and with it being like the last like the like the final chapter to like an era i was like i mm -hmm. i don't want it to be too out there like i need to maybe throw this one in the back seat as well so um that the the one that ended up being on the album um just felt it felt right it felt like a like a middle point in the album where you're like oh what the fuck is this and it's really different and it like even even sometimes when I listen back to it, I'm like, I don't know how this makes me feel because it it takes you out of the track list, but then you start the second half and you're like, okay, like it, yeah, I don't know. It, it's such a weird song, and it's like one of my weirder songs, not only on that project but out of my discography. Um, and I was like, okay, like yeah, maybe maybe this album needs a weird song in there, like smack dab in the middle. So, um, but yeah, both of those were named for a reason. And I was like, yeah, this this title suits the song a lot better. Um, and I, I've yet to rename that other song. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, In the Tall Grass and the other version of For a Reason will probably come out, hopefully, before the end of the year as just singles, like one-offs. Um, but yeah. I'm glad that we'll be able to can, get to hear them. I guess we can know? segue that into just the different ways of releasing music of like just releasing a song as a standalone single versus an EP versus an album. What's mm. your kind of perspective on that? Cause you release a lot of music. Some of it gets attached to like an album like creatures together. Some of it 
there's like standalone singles you released an ep last year like is it just based on the feeling of the song and like how they come together is there like a method to the madness beyond it yeah so there's there's like somewhat of a method behind the madness beyond it it's like sometimes when i put out a project um i'll depending on the project i'll focus too much on it being cohesive and then sometimes i'll focus too much on like how i feel in that like time period of my life and i think a lot of albums come out with me being focused on like that time period whereas eps or smaller projects come out being more cohesive so if you if you were to compare like um like things could be worse the the treehouse ep to creatures together I think the Treehouse EP, with it being four tracks and it all kind of coming together cohesively, like it feels like a cohesive album. Whereas Creatures Together is like very like time period esque, and it like feels very scatterbrained and like what what is going on. And I think um, Part One and Part Two for the Creature Saga also feel similar in that sense. Um, so I guess I guess it all depends on the the feel of the project overall. If I want it to be kind of like a I don't call it a period piece, but like if I wanted to capture like how I'm feeling for that set time where I'm working on that project, or if I want it to be like more of a storytelling project where I'm going off of like a feeling or I want it to all like surround this one topic. Um, so it, it, it depends. Um, the project that I'm working on right now, which is also an acoustic EP four tracks, it's a continuation off of, things could be worse so oh, hell. <laughs> yeah. it feels a lot like the treehouse ep but it's a lot darker and it's like i i was talking to a friend the other day about it and i was like yeah uh the treehouse ep feels like the regular world of minecraft and this new one feels like you went into the portal to the nether <laughs> i'm fucking with the analogy so, yeah, <laughs> thank you. you but yeah i, I guess it, it just all depends on on the project but usually albums are more of like a like a period piece and then eps are just like uh like more cohesive so that uh that... treehouse ep was uh my introduction to you actually <laughs> oh hell yeah i just yeah. wanted to mention that minecraft analogy is kind of awesome because all four of us basically <laughs> met through minecraft <laughs> so... yeah we're yeah, cool. right there with you hell yeah yeah i think that that treehouse ep uh, like going back to that, like that's probably my favorite body of work that I put out thus far. So, I'm uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. Thank you. So this is like entirely off the topic of music, but mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that kind of obscure drink rating series that you do on your Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that shit is fantastic, and <laughs> I've seen so many that look like amazing, and I wish I could try them. Um, but I gotta know, what is your favorite drink out of all those that you've ever tried? Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, also, I I didn't address this prior to us starting the podcast. Is it okay that I'm cussing or? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we don't give a fuck. You're good. <laughs> okay, golden. Golden. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, um, I, out of like the recent drinks that I have tried, um, there was a like a, a lychee flavored Red Bull that I had in Japan that was really what? good. Um, it's like there, so I think different regions have different like summer like special mm. edition flavors. I don't know what the U.S. is. I know I, I saw a picture of it the other day and I went, "Oh, we need to try that. We need to try that." Um, but 
the one that they have in Japan right now is a lychee flavored one, and it's really, really good. Um, that being said, like outside of like energy drinks, um, there's a soda over there. A lot of the shit that I like as far as food and drink is, is a lot of different Asian stuff. Mm. Um, so uh, one of my favorite drinks that I've had is it's a drink called Skal. It's uh, S K A L. It's like a milk-based drink. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like milk. So, I don't know. It kind of tastes like a creamy sprite. Like if you infuse sprite with cream soda, but not in like a weird, gross way. Like a ooh, this is very good type of way. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, it's, it. it's super good. They have a mango one, and I don't know if it's seasonal or if it's like a permanent, like here to stay flavor. The mango one's so good. Like I, I think I like it more than the original they have a mango one and i think they have a peach one they're both really really good so i think that might be my favorite but outside of that drinks that i've had here that i really like are um i controversial but i i really like big red i think big red is a solid um It's, Older. it's good. It's, it's like American. a. I don't know. How would you describe Big Red to um, somebody that hasn't had it? You, yeah. It's is it kinda, like Mountain Dew? <laughs> no, it's it's. Have you ever had cream soda? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Vaguely. Yeah. It feels like a cherry cream soda almost. Yeah. And they have Big Blue as well, which I I don't like as much, but Big Blue is pretty good. Um, I don't know. Lately, so I I just revamped my Discord server after like a year hiatus. Um, I do drink reviews on there sometimes, but most of the time <laughs> it's like seltzers and hard ciders. <laughs> um, so today, uh, like a few hours before we hopped on here, I went to the grocery store and I saw that they just put out a peach white claw. Mm-hmm. So I got those. They're they're okay. I, I wouldn't put it in like my top white claw flavors, but they are pretty good. They definitely grew on me. I think white claw tries too hard now with a lot of their newer flavors to make it taste like the real fruit. Yeah. So the seltzer taste kind of like clashes with that, and it almost tastes like the skin of a peach, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got like this weird, it's not even like a weird aftertaste. It's just like, it's slightly off-putting, but not to the point where you're like, "This is bad." You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a, it's like a six, six and a half out of ten. I feel like there are certain fruit flavors that just kind of do that very consistently. Passion like it's fruit. Easy. Yep, yep. Dude, I've never had a good other than like a passion fruit boba or like something like that. I've never had oh, yeah. a good passion fruit beverage. You know, now that I think about, it, I don't think I have either. Yeah, passion fruit's <laughs> a weird one. It's it's hard to like replicate that that flavor same with dragon fruit and some stuff the dragon fruit um vitamin water is yes good. i was just about to say i love the dragon love fruit that. vitamin water yes sir i'm gonna have to uh go and buy some of that red bull energy because i'm a big energy drink guy so Do it. you can probably find them online i i just did so Man, you're gonna make this guy buy taquitos, enchiladas. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna. I'm gonna be on such a weird food kick <laughs> by the end of this week. I That's love it. That's the dream. Sip my Ocean Blast Blue Red Bull. 
There you go. Chicken nugget land. Oh, oh I love chicken nuggets though. What's your go-to as far as like frozen like store-bought oh, chicken? Oh nuggets? boy. Uh, <laughs> no. Tyson chicken nuggets usually. Okay. I, I occasionally that. go for the Purdue ones. Uh usually the uh, refrigerated Purdue ones. Just to, like super good. get variety sometimes. But you know you know where the best chicken nuggets are? And this is a somewhat hot take. Whole Foods yeah. brand, the 365 brand ones. I don't know they're, if I've ever had those. They're so, dude. There, they're there's a Whole Foods in my town. I might need to actually go to that store for they're the first so time. So good. <laughs> this man's also going to make Jake try new food. <laughs> no, no, it. it's chicken nuggets. It's chicken nuggets. That is Chicken nuggets are safe. Sell your soul for the Whole Foods. Man. <laughs> Why is Whole Foods so good? I don't That's know, man. Know. I've, I've never had that thing. <laughs> they got cracking the Whole Foods. Yeah. So there has been a point of contention between you, Jacob, and I. Jacob and I have beef <laughs> with uh, oh, your true. release dates. And it's because between um, – so that's it, huh? Uh, Bad Luck and Waterproof. You've dropped something right at the very end of the year since 2020. And – it's too After late for us made to... our cheer list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like bad luck would have been his song of the year for 2021, right? And then waterproof would have been my song of the year last year. Um and so I want to know like are those release dates, you know, right at the very end of the year just a coincidence or is there a method to the madness? Like are you dropping them at the very end? He, he drops the bangers oh. at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> They're they're very non-concrete. A lot of the time I go, yeah, I'm going to put this out at the end of November, beginning of December. And then I just get caught up in life and like go into my little like hermit hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I go, oh, no, like I got to I got to make sure I finish this and like submit it in time and in yada yada. So a lot of those songs I won't finish until like maybe like beginning or like middle of December. And by then, um, as far as like distribution companies work, with putting your stuff on Spotify or other like streaming platforms, if you don't submit them to, I think two weeks in advance, um, you can't submit them for like potential playlisting. Um, oh. So like a, a lot of people will try to submit songs two weeks before they're initially going to come out. And a lot of the time I finish songs super late and I go, Oh fuck. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta figure out when this is coming out. So specifically with waterproof and bad luck, those two, I was like, I, I love these songs. I feel really good about them. I need to put a little more time and effort in these. And then by the time I finished them, I was like, fuck, like I got to put these out like right at the end or beginning of the year. So. So the trade off was making the songs a little bit better just so Derek and Jacob couldn't include it in the yeah. end of year. Yeah. <laughs> Intentionally <laughs> fucking them over because it's funny. It's I actually like, it. like 5% better too. Like not, not anything we <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the difference between making top ten song of the year and not making top that's ten. That's true, man. You know, you know could yeah. be. if I have to sacrifice listing it for the extra five percent, I guess I can take that on myself. I I'll, I'll shoulder that burden. Yeah, there you go. So this feels like a very generic question, but I think it's a hard one. And it's <laughs> what is your favorite song that you've made, and what is your favorite Ooh. to perform? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, damn, I gotta think about this one. Yeah, as far as performing, um, damn, I really like 
performing solitary and i wonder just because i feel mm. like the crowd gets really rowdy and like um like they they reciprocate that same energy that i'm feeding them yeah. um with solitary i feel like it's like a fan favorite a lot of people know it they can sing along to it and just kind of like like sway back and forth in the crowd um with i wonder uh excuse my english but I, I love hearing the crowd sing, uh, she's a cunt, she's an asshole. Yep. <laughs> so um, I do this thing live where like that line will come up and I go, she's a what? And I'll hold the mic yeah. up in the crowd. Um, so that one is always fun. Um, I also, back on the tour that I did with Sewer Person last year, me and that song go way back because <laughs> in Philly, um, I was in the middle of that song and I was just like feeling myself. I got too close to the edge of the stage and I felt oh. myself kind of lose my balance. And I said, okay, I'm hopping like down by the barricade. This stage, keep in mind, is like five, maybe six feet off the ground. So if oh, I'm no. not like keeping my balance when I'm landing, I'm going to like land wrong. And yeah, little do you know, I, I landed wrong and I, I twisted my ankle. I ended up spraining my ankle and breaking my fifth metatarsal. So like the bone in your pinky toe. Mm. Oh. Um, I, I finished the set and I was fine. I was just like kind of hopping around and then I like had a stool for the second half of the set. But um, I think that that song just gets me riled up. It, it brings that dog out of me, you know? <laughs> so, um, so those are definitely my favorite to perform. Um, as far as like my, my own personal favorite, like a song that like I personally go back to and listen. Um, I got to think. Uh, out of my recent stuff, I, I really like Geronimo and Jetlag. I think I, mm -hmm. I did something special with those two. Um, we love them. But, hey, thank you, thank you. Um, one of my older stuff, though, I I really like the weird niche ones. Like, I have a song called Lust that I really like. Um, I have a song called Rinse and Repeat that's really old that I really like. Um, and then maybe Astrals. I think, like, those three out of Mm -hmm. my older work is like probably my favorite but yeah out of my out of my recent stuff i i really like geronimo and i really like jet lag so this you kind of gave me a a segue there with the the philly incident because mm -hmm. i wanted to ask about eugene um and like is eugene about a real person from your life and if so what's the story behind it Yes. So Eugene is about my friend Shakim. His middle name is Eugene. So I okay. I like I named it after his middle name just so people wouldn't know. Like it wouldn't be so blatantly obvious to people like outside mm. looking in. Um but I wanted him to know that it was about him. So um he also makes music under the the name Flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we we've been friends since I was probably 16. Um, I had met him through my stepbrother at the time. Long story short, there's like some some small town shit that we would do growing up called release. Um, release. It's like we'd go to the park and like all the kids in town used to play release. Um, it's also like similar to like manhunt. I don't know if you guys yeah. know what that is. It's like like hide and go seek tag kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'd all go play that, and I had met shakim through playing that with my stepbrother at the park with like all of our friends so him and i like go way back to like that when i was like 16 but um i've like moved since then like him and i don't live so close like i think the drive is maybe 10 11 hours mm -hmm. um so we see each other a few times a year 
but I was on tour when his birthday had happened and I forgot to wish him a happy birthday just because things were so chaotic and like my I was just scatterbrained. And yeah, like in retrospect I like felt awful about that. And when I started writing that song, I didn't I didn't think it would like really come to fruition like that. And I didn't think it would like come full circle and I'd I'd write a song about that story. Um when I was making that beat. So uh when I feel kind of like out of it as far as creating music i like to try to go back to my roots and make beats and like try to just like fuck around and and make something cool so um i was messing around with this piano loop that i had found on splice and it it was really spaced out and dramatic and it was kind of sad and i added trap drums to it and was like yeah this is cool and i was like i could do something different with this though so i chopped it and like put in these weird like I don't know. The drums were just weird. And I was like, this is this is kind of funky. This has a, a vibe to it. <laughs> and I remember I remember saying the project file as Drake type beat. <laughs> it just felt like some like hotline bling type shit when I first started making it. I was like, this is so weird. Like I don't I don't make music like this. So like I don't know if I'm gonna actually use this for anything. Well, I like expanded on it and like added like these like lo-fi drums to the end so it like switches up halfway through and then by the time i started writing like it just came to me with that like catchy hook about the philly show and like forgetting his birthday and it like came full circle and that song was kind of my way of like paying homage to him um because mm-hmm. he's he's one of my best friends so it's like a he's like my ride or die i don't i don't think personally i would be making music or be at the point in my career that i am without him being a part of my life um Early on in our friendship, I I had added him back on Facebook and he would make these like he he'd film himself playing guitar and like freestyling, just like singing, and it'd be like some really beautiful R and B type stuff. Um, but it'd be like these weird cryptic videos where he'd be like filming himself in his basement, low light, you can't really see him, but it sounded beautiful. And I was like, dude, these are really, really good. Like, why don't you make music and put it out? And him and I kind of like would bounce ideas off of each other and like push each other to like try harder. So I don't think there would be a garden without flowers. That that's on a really deep just because our names are kind of <laughs> hey, yeah. It's all yeah, yeah. You guys are for real. Ultimate yeah. Yeah. name, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's that boy. I love him to death. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how that came about. All your collabs that I've heard have been so fucking good so it's it you know it it really shows that you two have kind of influenced each other and worked with each other a lot i don't know i think there are a lot of times where an artist feature or like whatever sometimes doesn't feel organic and the songs that i've heard with you two definitely feel very cohesive and like they flow well together so i think that your guys's relationship definitely shows through that music yeah thank you i so when we first started doing stuff together it was like end of 2015 we tried to like record a few things together it didn't really work out and then beginning of 2016 we started doing stuff and i remember we had made a song called night flocks and i think that was the first song that we did together no it was yeah no it was night flocks it wasn't petrichor petrichor was the second one so we made a song called night flocks and this was like spring into summer of 2016 this is right when pokemon go had come out Mm -hmm. um he had left he like recorded some stuff in my house i recorded some stuff and i was gonna mix it and he went out to hang out with friends to go play pokemon go and like catch a bunch of pokemon um 
I I'd like stayed home and I was working on the mix and I finally got it right and I exported the file, sent it to myself in my email, and I remember like zipping around town on my bike trying to find him at all the Pokemon gyms. <laughs> like, yo, we have a hit on our hands. We have a hit on our hands. Um, and I I had found him. He was hanging out with somebody like on their porch, and I was like, bro, like, sorry to like interrupt, but like I got my headphones. I just finished the mix. Like, you gotta listen to this. And I remember we had put it out and. Um, around the time that we had put it out, him and I were like really big on lo-fi. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys know the artist Atlas. Yes. We're huge on Atlas, big Atlas fans. And we're, uh, we're friends with Atlas on Skype and we used to like talk every now and then and just shoot the shit. Um, well, Atlas has like a very large following on SoundCloud and reposted the song. And that was like our first little taste of like, whoa, people are like listening and like leaving their comments and like, this is real. And I remember walking him home one night and being like yo like what if we started burning cds and like <laughs> we we like because our town is like like nine thousand ten thousand people it's like a very small town and there's not a lot going on but like when there's stuff like like the fourth of july they'll do like little pop-up shops at the park and stuff i was like oh why don't we like do a little pop-up and we like sell like a tape and like we can put out a bunch of songs and do this and this and this and we're gonna like really try to like push it that way but uh i mean thank god for the internet um but yeah like we i don't know we've been we've been putting in the work since then and it's uh it's definitely paid off i'm i'm incredibly grateful to be where i'm at now so yeah shout out shout out flowers i've got a question yeah. i want to know because i went to the the toronto date of the summer dream tour i want to know when the video is coming out for the, the... oh my god okay so, <laughs> so we initially i um my my friend jesse who goes by reserve for hell he he was the one that filmed all that stuff he had like yeah. a sony handy cam and was like i'm just gonna like film a bunch of tour moments and we'll we'll compile it yada yada and by the middle of that tour I like quickly realized that I should never tour with a band like, <laughs> like opening for a band. Yeah. Um, I, I had a lot of fun on that tour. Don't get me wrong. But when you tour, when you're, when you're a solo artist and your music's a little out there and you tour with a band that has a cult following like Grayscale yeah. and they're a lot younger, they're, they're in their teens. They're not as kind and receptive as other people would be. In comparison yeah. to other shows. So I kind of like went into a hole midway into that tour and was like, yeah, like I I feel awful. I want to go home. Um, so we we had filmed stuff here and there, but a lot of it was just like during my set and like the in-betweens were like a lot of awkward silence in the van, or like we'd be at the hotel like catching up on sleep, or if it was a long drive, we'd maybe stop at a dispensary and eat some edibles. <laughs> it was just like a lot of a lot of weird gaps and like the timeline didn't really fill out so the footage that i do have from those shows it doesn't like when i when i try to like go back and edit it it doesn't feel as cohesive and then a a big thing for me is like i put those first two videos out and i felt really good about them and i feel like a lot of people were pretty receptive and like cool with them i i Every time I get a handful of like negative comments, I really let it eat at me. So mm. a lot of people yeah. did not like the 
the way that we went about doing tour vlogs and they were like oh these don't feel like tour vlogs they just feel like random clips like try harder next time and i was like okay maybe i won't put the next one out <laughs> so i think i i don't know there was a moment for me to like put those out and i think i just like waited too long but i i do have those clips somewhere on a hard drive if you would like i can because <laughs> at the toronto we had the the guy propose and yeah yeah and, yeah uh, oh that that was something never seen before <laughs> yeah that was that that moment was so like i don't know it was very cool to be a part of that mm. there was one moment where that was happening and i looked at the girl's face and i was like oh no she's gonna say no <laughs> <laughs> i mean they thought that didn't happen but i was like so worried that that was about to unfold and i was like fuck fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah um yeah, no, that was overall that was a good show. That was at Velvet, right? Velvet Underground. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I like Velvet. That's a cool venue. I do like yeah. what was the the venue from the the last run, the Night with the Homies. Uh, Adelaide Hall. That venue's cool as shit. Super <laughs> underrated venue. I like that spot. <laughs> that was the first time I've been there, actually. So me too. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the staff was really nice. Apart from the, the the security was a little sus, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was the coldest day of the year. Damn. Like like no contest. That was freezing. It was like negative twenty or negative something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I remember flying in, and I had took the train from the airport uh, to like downtown to that area. Just the ten minute walk from the station to the hotel that I was at. My lips were like frostbitten. Yeah, it was bad. It stayed like that for like a week. My shit was chapped. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto's <laughs> Toronto brothers not nothing to fuck with. The the summer dream tour is actually the first time I went to uh, two concerts in one night. <laughs> oh, yeah, who'd you see? Uh, I went. It was actually a, a day to remember tour, but I I left oh. a day to remember to go see you. So <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Yo, um, I went to I went to see Bad Omens first, and then I left. Well, I bought merch, and then I walked over to Velvet, and uh, I saw the. I think it. What's the band who played before you? Bearings, I think maybe. Yeah, uh, it was uh, the Ivy. Oh no, the Ivy couldn't get into Toronto. Yeah, so it was just Bearings that night. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I saw the end of Bearings, and then I saw apparently Bearings is from Toronto too, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, they're super cool. Super cool pop punk band. Um. So you saw Bad Omens, so was Bad Omens opening for A Day to Remember? Yeah. Did you see any of A Day to Remember set? No. That's, yo, I wish I could dab you up so bad right now. <laughs> I, I like grew up, that was one of my favorite bands growing up throughout my teen years. So like the fact that you skipped out on them to see little old me, like, appreciate that, bro. <laughs> That's so cool. It feels I'd... wrong that you've, like he's seen you twice, and I still because you never <laughs> come to Virginia. Oh, yeah, okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the closest show is always like six hours away on a Wednesday, and yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the thing too. Is like, I I want to play another show in DC because I feel like that's mm -hmm. like somewhat close. I haven't played a show in DC since 2020, pre-COVID. Jeez. So I I love DC though. D DC was like my favorite city to play shows in until I stopped playing shows there and was like, man, I miss it so much. <laughs> Yeah, you should definitely come back. No, I really should. I'll make the trip to DC. 
I want to get some Virginia shows in too. There's a lot of states that I really want to try to like within this year and next year. I want to try to tap into. Like I I haven't been to North Dakota or South Dakota. I haven't been to Minnesota. I haven't been to Montana. There's like a lot of a lot of states that I feel like I I would have a great time playing a show in mm-hmm. that I I haven't even been to or like drove through. Well, Virginia would be fun. The fans would probably go hard as hell too, especially if you haven't been there before and it's their first chance getting to see you. Like the energy at those shows would be fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's that's my goal for now. Is like I'm in a weird uh, spot currently where I'm essentially booking my own shows and like acting as if I'm my own tour manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a like a weird falling out with a, an old tour manager. He stole like thousands of dollars from me and sewer person was that um, yep, yeah, yeah 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 sorry i i uh i have a a few little jabs in in the video and the song is about it as well but uh i've i've been like trying to set shit up myself um this year and i think going into next year i'm going to try to look into different options but uh i've just been trying to do like more one-off stuff this year and see where things go and maybe like yeah. focus more or so on recording um, but yeah, I want to do like, so like even if it's just like a week run where it's like four shows and I just like tap into different cities around the U.S. I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm gonna be like right on your shoulder whispering, Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even know if I've been to Richmond. So my dad, I don't know if he still lives in Chesapeake or if he lives outside mm-hmm. of Chesapeake. Um, I used to go there all the time and we'd go to Virginia Beach. But outside of that, I don't I don't think I've really been in any areas of of virginia i've like driven through newport news which is iffy i'm but... so sorry yeah. yeah yeah we on behalf of virginia justin and i apologize <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for that tunnel that you have to go there's a water oh yeah the fucking tunnel through the ocean mm-hmm. Oh, it's, and it's the fucking worst that tunnel used to scare me as a kid i used to like go visit my dad every other weekend and we'd drive through that tunnel and it was the scariest shit being like eight or nine years old oh yeah i was like bro this shit's gonna like pop open water's gonna spray we're gonna drown yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's like my worst fear you don't know true fear till you drive through the chesapeake bay tunnel oh yeah absolutely there's a water park over there i don't know if it's in newport news it's um there's one in virginia beach it might be virginia beach then because i've been it's... to that I don't remember the name of it. It's not like Splash Lagoon, but it's like something like that. Sea Breeze. Sea Breeze, yeah. I've been to that. Yeah. No, I think it's, I, I think it's, I think you're thinking Ocean Breeze. Ocean Breeze. Yes, yes, yes. Cuz it's yes. like a it's a one-off. It's just like mm-hmm. a standalone thing. Yeah. I used to go to Ocean Breeze all the time when I would visit my dad and I I haven't been there since I was probably 10, maybe 11. I, that used to be like my favorite place to go. I know there's this slide that's supposed to look like a shark's mouth. Mhm. That shit's cool as fuck. <laughs> I haven't thought there's about one, that in so long. There's one that's just like a huge fucking like, um, like a whirlpool that you just like go around in circles in, and it's nuts. More like the lazy river, kind of. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's like on the opposite oh, side no, of the okay. lazy river. Gotcha. Sorry, I went there last year for like a work event. Oh, let's go. Okay, so, so you've been there recently. Yeah. That's awesome. Living my dream, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I need to pull up. Yeah, water park it's there. always there, man. Yo, Garden Hive Mine Ocean Breeze trip. <laughs> Absolutely. <I'm down> for <laughs> it. 
<laughs> so unbelievably down. You hear I'm that, Jake Jacob? I'm not, I'm get another I'm not much of a water park instant. person, but I could make an exception. If there's I'll, chicken nuggets. There's I'll bring, the, yeah, I'll bring the chicken right. nuggets. And yeah, if, if there's chicken nuggets, I'm in. If there's chicken <laughs> there nuggets, I'm in. He's going to pull go. up with chicken nuggets in one hand and Jose Ole in the other. He's like, hey, guys. That was legit nice. was the worst I've ever put the sunburned. It oh, damn. sucked. <laughs> worst I ever got was Warped Tour. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Warped Tour was always hell for sunburns. Yeah. Miss it, though. Yes. So there's, I guess, with, we've talked a lot about, well, not a lot, but we've talked about you know, where you started and how you got here. What is, you know, a year from now, two years from now, five, 10 years from now, do you have any long-term goals with your music? Uh, I, I don't have any in mind. I, I would love to, to travel more. I think Mm. a goal by the end of the year, beginning of next year is to do a run in Europe. Um, I would love to just do international shows. I think that's, that's a big thing for me right now. Um, outside of that, like, I just want to tap into more, more sounds and styles and I want to make a ton of different sounding music. Um, right now I'm working on some acoustic stuff. Um, the last song that I dropped is like a, like Jersey club, hyper pop song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I always want to keep it exciting and refreshing and try to, uh, try to just do what feels right i guess um i'm I'm definitely like more of a in the moment type guy as far as music goes mm. um i think i think i don't know just um i guess i'm just gonna see where this road takes me um and just keep doing what i've been doing and hopefully uh hopefully things go go as planned i guess um i don't know i don't know if i really have like any long-term goals I should. I definitely should. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I I haven't really sat down and thought about it a lot. I think things, especially lately with just like my creative process and like how how I've been operating, it's been a lot, a lot of fast paced shit. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really had the time to sit down and think about that. That is a, a good question. <laughs> um. That also kind of just indicates to me that you're just like happy with where you're at right now. That like, yeah, you don't need any long term goals to be like, oh, no, I'm a failure if I don't do this in five no, years definitely. from now type of thing. Like, yeah, like I think I think one of the biggest misconceptions about not not just artists in this scene, just like like musicians in general, is like, oh yeah, like they're always in the studio, they're doing this, they like all live in L.A. and they all hang out and go to these fancy <laughs> restaurants and clubs and yada yada. And it's like, dude. I wake up at noon, I hang out with my girlfriend, my cat, we we go and get coffee, we watch YouTube videos for like three hours, and then I go, okay, I'm going to record. I spend the day recording, we make dinner, we eat, and then I play Dead by Daylight for like five hours. <laughs> that that's, game used to be so much fun. That's living the life. It's so bad now, but I can't get off it. One, one of my best friends, Ara, has like over a thousand hours in that game. We haven't touched it in oh. like a year. We haven't touched it's, it in like a year. It's so bad, but it's so good. Like they, every update I go, oh, please don't nerf this. Please don't nerf this. And they always nerf everything. <laughs> you see, my, my friend Will would be able to answer that. I, I was never good enough at the game to really understand how any of the 
like nerf or patch notes would change or anything i would just load into the game fuck around have fun and then go to bed after playing for a few hours it's such a good game to just kind of like you get on and you go wow four hours have passed i've only played <laughs> like six <laughs> games <laughs> yeah there, there was there was a long-running joke whenever we try to play dead by daylight we're just playing q simulator yeah no exactly you'll be sitting in that lobby loading into a game for at least 10 minutes yep yep awful but i love it so <laughs> it's a pleasure i guess it's a love, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship yeah exactly exactly so this Fellas, is a... any, any last questions that we want to ask before we start wrapping this up yeah 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 um I guess just one last one, sort of on the same realm of Dead by Daylight, is what else do you do for fun outside of working on music? You know, when you're not working on music, what's your go-to? So I, I'm a big music connoisseur. I like to find new music a lot of the time. <laughs> um, a thing that I picked up on like a year or two ago is I made a playlist, and I just try to find... It, it's pushed me to find new music at least once a week, so I'll try to find a handful of songs every week, and I, mm. I update the playlist weekly, and I'll kind of like go into that and shuffle it and just like listen back to what I've, what I've found. Um, so discovering new music and like finding stuff that I get excited about um, is a big one for me. Um, I play video games here and there. Um, I, it's mostly just Dead by Daylight and like weird niche games. I just got back into old school RuneScape recently. Oh yeah, dude, it's so good. Oh, I'm like reliving my childhood <laughs> through playing old school RuneScape, and it's it's bliss. Um, on on that same topic, I so the place that I'm at right now, um, as far as like where I'm living, we have a spare bedroom that I. I don't know where I just decided to turn into like a like a nostalgia room. So it's it's a guest room. I have like my my old mattress in there and stuff. So there, there's a bed and everything. But I splurged on eBay and then also brought like a bunch of stuff from from the house that I grew up in. Um, that is like very reminiscent of like late 90s, early 2000s nostalgia. So I have like a CRT TV in there. I have like a PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 and a GameCube. Um, a bunch of just ask. like, what was that? Sorry, I have to ask. Do you have a Bionicle in there? No, I need Bionicles though. <laughs> I I have a lot of WWE figures. So the one thing that I really pride myself off of, as far as collectibles go, is I have. Um, did any of you ever get into WWE as a kid? I did not, not unfortunately. The only experience I have is like a really fucking good N sixty four game. Oh, there you go. So, um, I don't remember exactly what year it was. I think it was 2005, 2006. Um, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero had this like long running feud. They were like best friends. And then they had this weird feud where, um, WWE was like, let's include Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, and make it seem like Eddie Guerrero's his real dad. So yeah, it was really weird. So yeah so like the the writers were like on top of it that year and they had a custody for dominic match where, no way yeah oh so it was a ladder match it was equivalent to like a money in the bank ladder match where mm -hmm. whoever whoever got the briefcase they they win the the papers to to sign away dominic and that's that's their son so i have a replica this is at SummerSlam, i think 20 no, yeah, SummerSlam 2005-2006. I have, like, a replica to a T of 
like them wearing the same attire and stuff. It's these figures. Rey Mysterio is like laying face down on the mat. Eddie Guerrero is like up on the ladder, and I have Dominic like shaking the ladder at the bottom. They just put out a Dominic figure last year in like their WWE Hall of Fame thing, and it's him as a kid from when that match happened. So that was like my quickest eBay purchase because they sold out really quick. Um, and I made a replica in that room. Um, so I'm I'm big on like weird niche knickknacks and like nostalgia stuff. Anything that like fuels that that uh that nostalgia um outside of that um i don't i don't skate as much as i used to but i really like skateboarding um i need to get back into it the uh the town that i'm in like right outside of this town there's a pump track it's mostly meant for bikes but i've seen a lot of people bring skateboards there um the one time i went there to go skate there's this old dude on his bike and i was like yeah like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to mess with it um Outside of that, I uh, I like cooking a little bit. I've been mm-hmm. like dabbling with that. Um, not a paid sponsor, but I do I do use HelloFresh, and that's gotten me back into <laughs> cooking. So, um, yeah, like my girlfriend and I will get like three or four meals a week, and we'll we'll try to chef it up a little, and that's gotten me a little more into cooking. Um, I'm a big foodie, so I, I like eating a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, Outside of that, I haven't I haven't really been doing doing a whole lot. Those are those are my niche little interests for the most part. What about you guys? What are you guys into? We like playing Pokemon together. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, true. We, yeah. we we play an obscene amount of Pokemon together. Uh, I feel like more than the average person should. I love that. No, but we we also like um we all met each other like last year. Yeah, for the first time. First yeah. time, yeah. So that was fun. In person. Yeah, yeah, in person. Yeah. Wow, where'd you guys meet up at? Norfolk. Uh, we went to the Bad Omens, Dayseeker, Thousand Below, um, make them suffer show. Oh, that's so sick. And that was fun. I went really? to Virginia for the first time. Oh, that's <laughs> I went to Virginia for the first time. I also did. <laughs> I've been here. I, there's nothing different about it. <laughs> we made the Canadian try Waffle you, House. Right? Yeah. You guys didn't change much. No. You're not fair, honestly. <laughs> you know, I I actually do. I have one more question now. Actually, I didn't, but now I do. And I got to know, after, you know, we mentioned Pokemon Go earlier. We mentioned Pokemon just now. What is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, okay. Um, oh, this is a hard one. So... <laughs> I think I it hasn't really changed over the years. I really like Luxray. Oh my Luxray god, that's my favorite. So <laughs> yeah, Luxray's so sick. Um I like the shiny Luxray looks fucking crazy too. Yeah. Yes. Um as far as like 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 more more basic Pokemon, I really like Snivy. Mm. Um Gengar is also fucking really cool. Yeah. How can you not like Gengar? Um yeah. yeah, those are those are probably my favorites. What about you guys? I am I fell in love. as well. <laughs> I fell in love with uh, Trick Room teams back in 2009 YouTube era with like watching just random doubles Trick Room teams. So I love Bronzong and Dusknar. Those are two of my favorites. Oh, there you go. Okay. I grew up on um, Pokemon Gold and Silver and the first Pokemon that I got in that was a uh, Cyndaquil. Um, funnily Cyndaquil. enough, I didn't, I didn't like its final evolution, but I always adored Kulava and that's kind of where my, uh, my like 
uh, IGNs and like internet stuff came from is like taking the quill portion of it. Ah, I see, I see. I'm a big, it feels obscure. I think I've never met anybody else that has it, but um, Kafa Grigas from Gen 5 from Black and White. Oh, okay. I, something about the, the coloring that they did for like the orange gold to make it look like a sarcophagus is just so cool to me. It fucked me up to find out that apparently it can like run on all fours. Like it's like, <laughs> what? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, hold on. I'm going to put this in the chat because this is important. It's, you, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna curse you with this knowledge. Did you like Rina Griggs from uh Jenny? Oh no, no, I hate it. Really? Okay. <laughs> Here, look. This shit is not right. This haunts my nightmares. Jake, you have to find some way to put this on the audio version. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's terrifying. It's horrible. <laughs> For the for the audio listeners, it's literally a coffin. If you were looking at like shadows of hands, just like a spider, and it's not the greatest. No, yeah. It's like the tomb of King Tut with four sticky hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's Specifically, the sticky it. hands that you would get in like a gumball machine. Yeah, I... they're covered with lint. <laughs> the head cannon is that it makes that same. Uh, sticky hand slap noise when it walks. So it's just like a little, like a beep, 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 beep. Oh, I love it. <laughs> While we're on the topic, I also need to make note that Tepig is my favorite starter Pokemon, which is not a very good oh, choice. I that is love Tepig. That, that's a bad choice, Jake. Damn! Look, we had to get one bad take in this. Exactly. <laughs> right? Especially bad take, Jake right returns. Bad take, we do, we've, we've started to have to call him bad take Jake around here. He won't stop. <laughs> I respect it. Well, I guess that's a note that we can end this episode off. <laughs> uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, if you want to shout out social media again real quick for a wrap this up. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys. Follow. Appreciate y'all for having me. Um, yeah. Uh, if you guys want to check me out on Instagram, it's just at uh, garden G U A R D I N. Um, all other social media is either the, the same at or astral agenda. Um, follow me on TikTok. Watch me be lame and awkward and weird. Not lame. With my little skits. <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> I've seen a couple on the Instagram. The skits. I'm I'm vouching for the skits. Hey, thank you. I I put one out the other day, and it was just really dumb. It was about uh like the first time ripping a bong. <laughs> um, so it's like the beginning has just text on it, and it's like oh, just like pull that and like breathe in like really fast okay and then it goes back and i i put centipede on it so it's the part where i cough and i go oh i fucked that up <laughs> um, but, like it cuts to it it's like me like drooling and like oh i fucked that up um i i didn't think it would do well it's almost got a million views <laughs> <laughs> well you so. know all right, you heard it here first. Time. That's the content you can get on the Garden TikTok. Yeah. I'm thinking on my first time, that feels accurate. I see why people are all over that. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I like, was going to do that a week before and was like, no, like, this is a dumb idea. And then I finally did it, and it, it kind of paid off. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you can keep up to date with the Hivemind stuff at Radio underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Hivemind Radio on YouTube. Hivemind Recap Podcast on Spotify and other platform, uh, podcast platforms. Thank you again for joining us on this episode. This was a lot of fun to dissect your music and everything. So, yeah. I guess we're going to do it. Hell yeah.
Yeah, thank you guys again for having me. This was a blast. No thank worries. you for giving <laughs> Thanks us the for coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.